Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And that special ABBA feeling is best explained uh, by this scene. You're at the party. It's late. People are already drunk and passed out in a sofa over there. Someone has already left the party, but the seven of the party girls is still on the floor dancing. And they're fighting over the, uh, over the record of uh, the music player. And they're playing their favorite songs and they're having fun and they're dancing. And suddenly also those seven be kind of, become a little bit tired and then one of those put on dancing queen with abba and the part to begin again <laughs> that's the special abba feeling that's what abba songs do to you hi and welcome to the bridge builders society pod the bbs pod where you meet the amazing people who connect countries cultures and businesses around the world we're recording this in Stockholm at Sign Hotel. I'm Tina Magnegard Björs. My daytime job is as foreign news reporter at TT News Agency. I've covered American politics for many years and I'm also a passionate yogi. And hi, I'm Josephine Charpentier. I'm an entrepreneur and PR and marketing expert. I'm also the founder of I Confessed and I have a soft spot for technology. So today we're super proud to introduce you to our guest, Matthias Hansson. He's an entrepreneur and communicator extraordinaire with one foot in the music business. Matthias was until recently the driving force behind the ABBA Museum in Stockholm, and now he's creating the Swedish booth to the World Exhibition Expo 2020 in Dubai. And he's also a friend of my husband's. Welcome, Matthias. <laughs> Thank you for that great introduction, 
<laughs> I'm honored to be here. Looking forward. It's great having you. So uh, we cannot wait to dive into your life story. But first, I would like you to bring us back to the royal castle in Old Town in <laughs> Stockholm <laughs> I, one day in 1992. What happened there? Well, I was uh, invited by the king and queen of Sweden to discuss with them the current state of the free press in Sweden. Wow. Uh, however, they didn't tell me that in the invitation. They just want me to, wanted me to come. So I was pretty nervous when I went there because I, I didn't know what they wanted to, to speak about. So I went there and the, um, uh, uh, and the head of staff uh, at the Royal Castle let me in the door and then he backed out and closed the door. <laughs> and from, suddenly I found myself <laughs> in that room, just the three of us, the king, the queen, and uh, the sorry-ass man of the people, me. And, I, you know, they just invited me to, to sit down with them in the sofa. And pretty soon, and I, I have guessed that beforehand, that they wanted to talk to me about the free press in Sweden because I was at that time uh, editor-in-chief for a pretty, let's say... Provocative. Provocative magazine here in Sweden uh, called, called the Z magazine. It was kind of the equivalent to the spy magazine that was uh, at that time big in the U.S. Uh, so um, uh, they didn't point out specifically what I was there for, namely that we have written about their kids and their family. Uh, however, I felt that during the whole conversation, of course, but uh, in a kind of, you know, high and diplomatic uh, manner, they asked me about giving, uh, asked, asked me to give them a, a advice? My, uh, advice in how they should handle the free press. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a kind of a slap in the face uh, with a very soft hand. So to speak. <laughs> and how do you view this conversation today? Well, you know, the, the only thing that I actually uh, regret and which I still get the goosebumps thinking about is when I had to leave the room one hour later. So exactly, exactly 60 minutes after I've entered the room, it was time for me to leave the room. That was the moment in my life that I will uh, always think about of how uh, you can sense panic, real, real panic. <laughs> because that was when I uh, suddenly started to think about, how should I do their royalty? Should I back out like they do in old medieval films? Shall I also, while backing out, bow? <laughs> and shall I also at the same time back out, bow? And, <laughs> and trip of, over. <laughs> and, and kind of trip over and, and like wave with, with my hand? And, and and also have my forehead as close to the to the floor as possible to show my uh, you know my respect. All of those questions uh, entered my head in a second. Everything of this happened. Turned out, I for some reason, which I still don't know why, did uh, the crab walk. I walked out. <laughs> On side, so I sideways, I, I, yeah, sideways. So I turned my side to because that was my kind of, you know, in between all those thoughts of how you should oh, that's so exit funny. the room with royalty. Uh, I ended up walking out sidewalks, bowing sidewalks, sideways uh, to them, looking like a crab. <laughs> and uh, until that, the fifty-nine minutes before that. I think that I managed pretty well in that odd situation because I was only 22, 23 years old. So, uh, but after that, uh, 
uh, I, I clearly sense that they kind of won the conversation. And the crab walk is still something that I can walk <laughs> in the middle of the night, freezing with fever, fever <laughs> screaming out words that I can't use in this uh, podcast. But, uh, Interesting, the, considering the, the fact that you were not a person known to have lots of respect for royalty at this time. No, but 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 you know when you're in that room with those very very kind people because they were very kind to me. You have to crab uh, walk. You do you the crab. Yeah, I have to do the crab walk. Yeah. So it sounds like a B fifty two song. So you actually <laughs> do the crab walk. I, that was what I did. So that was uh, a few years back. So tell us a, a little about your life story. You grew up in the south of Sweden in mm-hmm. Skåne, mm-hmm. and you early developed a passion for music. Right? That's that's correct. You know, when you live in a small town in Sweden, there's a few things you can do if you're not interested in sports. Sports is the, usually the you know the main uh, um, the main uh, thing that you can do in your spare time when you're not in school or or elsewhere doing doing uh, doing the stuff that young people do. I was kind of interested in sports, but not so much. And then I started to to play music. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, usually people say that they play me start with that because they can get girls. I, 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 I can't say that because uh, that was not the reason I, I played because I thought it was fun. Mm. Um, and also I, I started to play because I, I, I early sense and everybody who has singing, sing, sing in the choir or, or played in a band or whatever know that feeling when you do something together and create something together with music it's an incredible feeling when you kind of you know put this when the song finally sounds good and you do it together in a group it's a hundred percent better than you do it yourself so i i I early on uh found that and and then pretty soon i also realized that i was too bad in play to play so i started to write about it instead so oh, you wrote a, about music. Uh, yeah, I wrote about. So I, I early on became a music journalist. I, I started with that when I was 15 years old, um, mm. uh, writing reviews of uh, long players. You remember LPs uh, uh, in the uh, in the rural daily that we had down there. So uh, music has always been the kind of you know, connector for everything I do, actually. Well, and then you ended up in Stockholm as editor for Z magazine. And eventually in 1995, you came to Torget, one of the first web portals in Sweden. Tell us briefly about it. So uh, in, the, in, the, in the beginning or in the early 1990s, Internet has started to explode in Sweden and elsewhere. And uh, we went back and forth to Silicon Valley and to San Francisco mainly to to find out what was happening. Me and a couple of friends. Uh, uh, one time with your husband, I remember, actually. We were at Stanford learning about how to uh, publish things on the web, which was, you know, an amazing thing during those days. We still have a sweatshirt from Stanford. You have? Okay. From that time. <laughs> Good because you know <laughs> if you have been there for one week's training, it's you can say you have been to Stanford, right? You're an alumni. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Swedish uh, equivalent to to you know uh, internet portals in the in the US at the time became the Swedish Postal Office uh, when they set up uh, this place called Target, and I and I started to work there and. 
you know what, there was no knowledge here. So we imported the knowledge in true Swedish, um, uh, as we have always done in Sweden. We understood that it was important with the internet, right? It was something that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. We didn't know anything about it. So we happily imported the knowledge from the U.S. mainly. And at that time, there was a company in the U.S. called Netscape. And Netscape were the, you know, the big... the big brand name at that time for everything internet. So uh, 20 to 30 people from from Netscape came over here and helped us setting up that portal. And we soon became the biggest Scandinavian internet portal. However, during those days, it didn't say so much because quite not so many people were were out there, but uh, it was good learning, very Mm. good learning. So, and then it continued. You've been at quite a few places during your career. You worked for Swedish Public Radio and you've uh, run, you ran Happy Island, which is an international school specialized in digital media. And you also led an advertising agency. How do you actually introduce yourself in an elevator? (laughs) You know what? I have learned over the years when when I, early in my career, it was kind of... uh, not so appreciated when you had a CV uh, where you were only two to three years on on each position. Uh, however, nowadays in the gig economy, uh, that's a plus. That, that's a mm. you know people do that. It's not, it's not a big thing. Uh, formerly, it was called freelancers. It's very commonly known in the in the journalism industry, as you know. Uh, now everybody's freelancers, and everybody quit their jobs and start new jobs. And and um, uh, one great thing that I think that we have imported from the U.S. in that sense is the fact that failure is okay. It's not uh, formerly in Sweden. It was almost connected to suicide if you kind of, you know, went bankrupt in, in a company or stuff like that. Nowadays, people are more broad in their view of that, I think. So people look into uh, that and that person, he or she has started so, so many companies. And then always a wise guy in the room asking, uh, uh, is any one of those companies still left? And yeah, probably one out of 10 is. And that's good. That's kind of how it goes yeah so the elevator introduction ah, <laughs> you know I, I just tried to avoid it uh, so the, eleva- the elevator introduction is hi my name is Matthias I love new things do you have something new for me good. Well, that's a good one that's a good one if they say no I just enter the next floor so. yeah you just exit exit yes. yeah <laughs> so when we met ahead of this pod you said that you've always been drawn to impossible projects like mm-hmm. a daredevil mm-hmm. um why is that? You know, education. It's all about education. So uh, I, I never went to any, um, the English correct name for when you have got, done your first nine years in school in Sweden, then you can go to what we call gymnasium, gymnasium mm-hmm. and then you went, go to, to university, right? And I, I quit after uh, gymnasium. And all my friends here in Stockholm have went to university or had like master degrees and so forth. So I kind of got a, uh, pretty early on in my career, I got a sense of, you know, bad self-confidence about that because I thought that everybody around me had great degrees and I had none. So I early on used work and workplaces as my university. 
And, uh, you know, when you have studied so and so many years of your on your economy degree, you want to move on to your philosophy degree and then you want to move on to your um, uh, English degree. So I use workplaces as university and I still do. And I think that's uh, uh, something that uh, I hope a lot of other people can do uh, now when we have the gig economy here. Mm. I agree. Uh, well, let's talk about ABBA. Did you mm. did you play ABBA when you were a kid? Actually, we mimed to ABBA in school. We have a, something called the, the kind of what do you say happy hour every Friday in school, where the kids in the class could do fun things. You know, you can sing, you can dance, you can juggle, whatever. Uh, I couldn't do any of that, but I could mime to ABBA. So I forced my dad out in the garage. Uh, to help me with his saw, to saw me a star-shaped guitar because I have seen when ABBA won the yeah, uh, Eurovision Song Contest, Bjorn of ABBA had a star-shaped electric exactly. guitar. A glittery so cool. One. It, oh, it was the smartest one you've ever seen. So I forced Dad to help me do uh, a copy of that. And then we mimed in school. It was fun. I was Bjorn and... Uh, you know, the cutest girls were uh, in, um, Agneza and uh, Annie Fried, and we had a lot of fun with that. Ah, okay. Do you have a favorite song? Yeah, my favorite song is actually a song which is sad to say because I love the voice, uh, the parallel voices of the girls. It's one of the wonders of ABBA because they have so perfectly themed up voices. Uh, so I actually hate to say this, but my favorite song is the one that where they don't sing, the uh, <laughs> wonderful folkloristic rock anthem "Arrival." "Arrival" is such a perfect song in all senses. Mm. So uh, lots of people have still not hear heard it. So please, if you listen to this, uh, log into your favorite streaming site and listen to "Arrival" with Abba. Wonderful song. And before we continue, if there is one zero point zero point one person out there who doesn't know what ABBA is, mm -hmm. uh, what is it? ABBA is the fourth best-selling recording artist in the history of pop music. So, uh, I guess you can guess who the, the the top three are. Can you? I challenge you. The Beatles. The Beatles is one of the three. Beyonce. She's still not there. She will probably never get there. Rolling Stones. They're not there. They will probably never be there. It's Bruce. No, so, Bruce no sorry. Springsteen. Sorry, it's Bruce Springsteen and Michael Jackson. Ah, of so, course. Uh, uh, and the Beatles, and uh, and then it's ABBA. So it's pretty cool, and it's a Swedish mm -hmm. phenomenon. And there's the uh, almost all of them still live here in the neighborhood where we do this podcast. Uh, Annie Fried is not here so much; she lives abroad. But the other three lives here, and we. We can see them on the streets now and then. And it's great to have them here because they have meant so much uh, to get Sweden out there. And yeah. they had their big breakthrough through the Eurovision, right? Yeah, yeah, they had. So in 1974, they won the Eurovision Song Contest, which already at that time was one of the most viewed television shows on earth. So it kind of helped them to get out there. And they look spectacular. They had the star-shaped guitar. And they have actually decided that year to look spectacular because they said, because they, they failed the year before, and they said, this year, let's look spectacular on the uh, Eurovision Song Contest. Artists usually didn't do that at that time. 
because uh, and the idea was that if they remember, if they forget our song, at least they will remember our look. And history tells us that we remember both the looks and the songs. Exactly. And uh, so, what happened when you got to create the actual ABBA museum? How did you think? Well, the city and the mayor of Stockholm has asked uh, uh, the members of ABBA for like 30, 40 years almost to get an accept to build an ABBA museum uh, because of the reason that uh, the usual question from tourists arriving to Stockholm from abroad has uh, over the years been, so where is the ABBA museum? And the, the answer has always had to be no, there is no one. And uh, so uh, the city of Stockholm has asked so many times and the ABBA people said, no, no, we can't, be, we can't have a museum about ourselves as long as we're here. Museum is what they build after you're dead, right? Statues and museum, that's what happened after you're dead. But finally, they understood that there is new generations uh, finding their way to ABBA songs, uh, not at least through the Mamma Mia movie. Mm. Uh, and other Mamma Mia uh, uh, enterprises. Lots of young people find their way to ABBA songs and new generation find their music. And so finally they said, well, let's let's do the museum. It looks like there's lots of people out there who want to go and see how we did it. So finally they said yes. And they have a very, they just use classical democ democracy. So if all four of them say yes, it's a yes. And that's the reason that they usually say no to everything, because there's always at least one who say no. But in this case, they said yes, so it's cool. Oh, great. Um, why did they choose you? I guess that uh, that is the bottom line of modern entrepreneurial reality, I think, because uh, there was no ad on LinkedIn where they searched for this person to set up the ABBA Museum. If they had put that one out, there were probably thousands of uh, applicants. Uh, it was just, you know, someone knew someone. Like a coincidence? A coincidence. And in this case, uh, the Swedish head of Live Nation, uh, the, the tour producer, knew me from when we worked together at uh, the digital school Hyper Island here in Stockholm, which we co-owned and run together. And he said that, I know, he had said to Bjorn of ABBA, I know a great guy, he have never done a museum, but he do things and he make things happen. <laughs> so can you please meet him? And obviously Bjorn is, is always very curious in new people, but also have met too many people who say things and don't do things. He uh, met me for a meeting and when he heard that I have um, also been a journalist, which is actually a curating job, right? Uh, being a journalist is actually being like a curator at the museum. You have to pick out the best things and present them in a delicate way. Uh, he found me suitable for the job, so I got it on the spot. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we're we're stunned. Like, what an amazing story. And, and getting this job, uh, being an ex-journalist, what stories did you actually want to tell with the museum? Mm -hmm. we, we looked into that quite a bit because uh, uh, one of the first questions I had to Bjorn and the other ABBA members when we met up in the beginning of setting up the museum was, uh, or, or I 
actually in the room were also people from their record company and I asked, can I see the brand book? And the I would never forget the uh, the roaring sound of the laugh I got from Bjorn when I asked about the brand book, because obviously there's none. The brand book is in his and three other heads, right? That's the brand book. And uh, uh, so I understood that there's nothing written about the brand. So one of the most famous Swedish brand ever, there's nothing written about it. They have nothing. It's in their heads. So uh, I clearly and early understood that I have to find the essence of the brand myself. And uh, we did some work with that together with our ad agency and uh, some other smart people around us. And we soon found out that the essence of the ABBA brand is what we uh, came to call that special ABBA feeling. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And that special ABBA feeling is best uh, uh, explained uh, by this scene. You're at the party. It's late uh, at this party. People are already drunk and passed out in a sofa over there. Someone has already left the party. But the seven of the party girls is still on the floor dancing. 
and they're fighting over the uh, over the record uh, the music player and they're playing their favorite songs and they're having fun and they're dancing and suddenly also those seven be kind of become a little bit tired and then one of those put on dancing queen with abba and the party begin again <laughs> that's the special abba feeling that's what abba songs do to you they are even usually played in minor with pretty sad lyrics they're usually happy-go-lucky songs which make people want to party and that's the special abba feeling so that was the story that we wanted to tell uh how this special ABBA feeling came about. And I think uh, in some of the rooms over there at the museum, I think we succeeded there. And uh, ABBA is, as I guess everyone knows, a split group, but you actually got all fours to come together. Well, we had an idea because when we have had, when, when the museum has had been open for a few months, we clearly see that pe- people come to the ABBA museum in Stockholm from all over the world, right? And they have um, uh, almost exploding purses in their pockets full of money that they want to spend on ABBA. They're pop tourists, right? Uh, And uh, we saw them enter the museum uh, with our tagline, walk in, dance out. And then we saw them dancing out, right? Uh, And we also saw that their purse were still full. They want to spend more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they want to spend more on ABBA. And so they asked, where can we hear, hear more of the music? They wanted to have something with the music. So um, I came up with the idea of setting up uh, some kind of uh, musical uh, offer to, to the visitors uh, in our restaurant there. And that grew and grew and grew and grew and, and became Mamma Mia! The Party, which today is a big dinner entertainment in Stockholm. And soon we set it up in London this summer in 2019 in August, September. And uh, uh, when we premiered Mamma Mia! The Party uh, in Stockholm four years ago, they were all four there. They sat at separate tables. uh, But somehow they decided during the dinner entertainment when it was going on that they should uh, not exit the building before they had thanked the, the crew and everybody involved Together, So they went up to a table, they stood on the table together for 40 seconds, waved, and then they exit uh, the building. And those were the 40 uh, seconds that they were together. Hopefully not for the last time, but... Uh, but a historic moment. A historic moment. Yeah. I saw I saw a German fan <clears throat> faint, so uh, uh, that stuff kind <laughs> of happens. <laughs> and as a bridge builder then, what message did you want to convey from ABBA and from Sweden? Well, I think that uh, um, ABBA is a pop group, right? And uh, I think that's an important thing because today you see pop stars, mainly pop stars. There's pop groups still out there. But but ABBA was a pop group in the sense that they were co-creating everything. The girls' voices is as important how they use them in this group is as important as the boys' songwriting and playing, as the anonymous people, play, for most for most people out there, anonymous people who place on the records. They all had their uh, brick to put into the building, this, you know, big sound pop wall that became ABBA. And uh, 
I think that's uh, uh, that's something that uh, uh, is now used uh, when uh, songs is written in the world today, at least pop songs, they're usually written in groups with lots of people. And nowadays they're also all over the world and they send tapes to the uh, mm. sound, uh, send sounds to each other. So I think maybe that that's the, ABBA is a typical Swedish co-creation, uh, collaboratory way of uh, exploring uh, innovation and creativity and I think that we were pretty good at that here because we had been forced to be good at that living in this cold and dark place of the world so yeah I think that's the way that we can pass on to the world that yeah, that's uh, a good thing do then. things together and I never thought better. of Abbas that actually but it's true that's yeah. a good thing to tell about Sweden and and compare it with ABBA Yeah, and having grown up, seen these documentaries about ABBA, how they sit all four in the archipelago in this tiny little yes. house, like, oh, do you think this? Yes. Yeah. Well, and if uh, anyone says no, yeah. then it's a no. Yeah. So it's also very flat democracy in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very. So consensus is a word that we use in Sweden, sometimes as a swear word, mm -hmm. uh, but usually as a way of conducting things uh, corporately or in families, in society and uh, and so forth. And And probably still, not at least now, seeing how the world evolve, uh, not at least around politics, I would say that it's always the best idea to have as many people saying yes to the same thing before exiting the room. So consensus is probably a pretty good thing. I would say that the UN Security Council has a few lessons to learn from that. <laughs> exactly. You can, you can draw it to that conclusion. And I, I totally agree. You know, you see those big influential... Uh, you know, government and governmental bodies all over the world who really, really, and now we have seen it in the UK over the last time and so forth. So uh, there is a Swedish way of consensus that we should be pretty proud of. You could call it the ABBA way. Yes, why mm. not? Right. Then Do we can it sell the ABBA it. Way. Package yeah. it and yeah. sell it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So now you've been headhunted to build bridges on an even larger level. Uh, so you're you're actually creating the booth for Sweden's contribution to Expo 2020. Tell us about that. Well, Expo 2020. So younger people in my uh, uh, in, in, uh, around me ask, world exhibitions. Do they still do that? Didn't they stop that? You know. <laughs> when they handed over the Eiffel Tower and the Statue of Liberty to each other? No. Uh, uh, the fact is that the World Exhibition has been around for oh, 100-plus years now, and it's probably more uh, important than ever because the fact is that the more digital information and digital possibilities we give to each other in the world, the more important it is for us to meet in a room like this that we're doing now. We all know that there is uh, apps for doing this pod, uh, the three of us sitting in three different rooms in the world. We could do that. It's technically possible, uh, but it's more fun to do it in the same room. Uh, and I'm 100% sure it will it become a better pod because we can view each other when we speak and uh, we can see the nuances and everything we do here. Um And uh, the World Exhibition uh, uh, Expo 2020 uh, that is named, that will be held in Dubai, 
uh, over the year end of 2020 until April 2021. Well, you know, it's a great opportunity. We call it the, the Olympics of knowledge. It's a way for 193 countries to get together and learn from each other and show off to the rest of the world how we could save this planet. I think that's a pretty darn good idea. And uh, uh, So that is the theme, sustainability? Or? The, the theme is connecting minds, creating the future. So connecting minds, it's the main thing. So, oh, I would love and, to go. And you can connect minds via the internet. It's possible. You've seen that many times. But, you know, connecting minds when you're in the same mm. room, it's unbeatable. Yeah. So that's a, that, that, that's a bridge building in, the, in a larger scale, I think. Amazing. Uh, and what technology do you use creating this? Well, uh, technology that we use to create this, obviously, always when it comes to, you know, exhibition, uh, uh, exhibitions, uh, um, performances and so forth over the last 20 years i've always heard the term of uh, virtual let's do a virtual museum why can't we do uh, can't we uh, broadcast this concert and so forth i'm a strong believer in that but i'm also a strong believer in live entertainment in live discussions in looking into each other's eyes when discussing something that could push the boundaries of the world forward um so uh, lots of tech, we use a lot of tech, for example, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, and so forth, to create more meetings. So we actually use the digital way of creating more analog meetings, and I think that's the best way of using tech today. Mm, I agree. But if, just tell us a little bit more more about what's going to happen. There's Swedish companies showing mm -hmm. showing themselves, and there's also Swedish entertainment personalities. Exactly. What so, are you going to see? Well, that that is what you're going to see. And the Swedish motto, 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 <laughs> motto, uh, motto uh, for the Swedish pavilion at the Expo 2020 is co-creation for innovation. Right. Lots of those buzzwords in, in, uh, in that. that we've talked about. Already. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And co-creation is something that we want to show how we do in Sweden. And, you know, for us living here, it's not a big deal because we learned that from school from very early age. Very Quite a few flat organizations over here, consensus thinking, let's do the stuff together. Uh, however, still in larger parts of the world that's still maybe not unheard of but still not in in the making and they don't use it so a uh, lot of uh, cultures all over the world still is extremely hierarchical and uh, we want to show the world at expo 2020 uh, the swedish model and for us the swedish model is let's do things together and there's a bigger possibility that we will create innovative ideas that will help the planet grow to the next level. <laughs> the ABBA way. <laughs> or the ABBA way. The ABBA way. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the expo actually takes place in Dubai, in mm -hmm. the United Arab Emirates, which is not exactly known as an equal democracy promoting women's rights. Why does Sweden want to participate in an event happening there? You know Especially what? having a 
feminist foreign policy agenda. Exactly. So you know, if if they if this specific country, the United Arab Emirates, would not be interested in learning from other countries, see how we have proceeded over years, see our success stories, listen to them, learn from them, and hopefully uh, implement them in their own society. They would not have asked for being the host of Expo 2020. So we are asked to go there to show off our success stories. And in Sweden, those are uh, pretty much about workers' liberation, women's liberation, uh, equal systems all across society in a bigger sense that has been seen in many, many other countries. And we want to show that. And we want to show how it could be done. We also want to show that we're not we're, we're not ready. We're not um, uh, we're, we have not reached our goal yet. We're still working on it. We can still be more equal in the workplace. We can still be more equal in society. We can still be, you know, much better in taking care of refugees here and all of that. But uh, uh, we go there to not to say what we think that they should do better, but to show what we think that we do good. I have a, a another qu- tech question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring it uh, on. Uh, <laughs> and what do you look forward to explore in terms of tech innovation that would help you in your, your everyday life or at work? You know, when it comes to tech innovations, uh, most of the editorial space, online and offline, is used to describe uh, tech that has become big business. I'm not so interested in that, actually. I'm more interested in tech that has helped the people in this world and our environment to push things forward and to mm-hmm. make it uh, make it possible for us to stay on this planet for many, 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 many more uh, years. And uh, I hope really to explore during the Expo 2020, I'm really, really looking forward to look into the other 192 booths that will be there, uh, the, the other 192 countries, and see what they have come up with uh, using tech to help our society uh, push things forward. To make a better world. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. And bridges go both ways. What do you hope to bring back to Sweden from this Expo? Well, I hope to bring back to Sweden that uh, ideas don't have to come from the usual suspects. I'm looking forward to look into the Jamaican booth, to the San Marino booth, to the Luxembourg booth, and to all the other small country booths. I'm sure that there are pretty smart people there who has came up with smart ideas that never get across, and I'm looking forward to indulging them. So, uh, tell us a little about you. Do you have any free time? What do you do and what do you hang out? Uh, who do you hang out with and what's your passion? That's a lo- wow. lot of questions. My biggest passion is I love to go to a uh, magazine store, buy a magazine about music, take that magazine and sit down in a wonderful sofa somewhere or an armchair somewhere 
and put uh, put out my cell phone and push the Spotify button. And then I read the magazine about all this new wonderful music from all different genres. And then I immediately can listen to it. It's kind of an amazing thing still for me because when I grew up and uh, I heard a song on the radio, then I need then at that time in the 1970s, I need to go to a record store to order the uh, the, the record, and then it took three to six weeks before uh, it got to the store, and then exactly. I got buy it, and then I listened to it. Now I can listen to music instantly, and it's an instant flow of new music coming out all mm. the time, all over the world, and I can listen to music from Africa, from South America, from 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 anywhere in the world with a click uh, on my phone. And I think that's amazing. And I, I still enjoy it so much. So sometimes during days, work days, I can secretly go and long for that moment during night when I can do that. So I do that many times every week. Mm. So your dream assignment after Expo 2020? Obviously, it's uh, uh, going back to what we sp spoke about earlier. Um, uh, my dream uh, assignment is always uh something that i haven't done before something where i can learn new things a new master class so to say yes but you know i can be quite honest with you my dream assignment is one that will make me economically free so bring it on <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but no just kidding around uh, obviously still my dream assignment is to do something in a different genre, in uh, another industry. And, uh, you know, there's one thing regarding that that I'm kind of amazed of still, how they dare to give me those jobs because I have usually no education for whatever I do. <laughs> so, say 30 years from now, when you sit in front of the fireplace with your grandchildren and when you tell them about your life journey, um, what's going to be your best story? Probably the crab walk with the king and swing of Sweden. <laughs> I uh, love because, that one. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it also says something about the Swedish society now and then that we, you know, the king and queen of Sweden can send a letter to a 23-year-old editor at the crazy magazine and ask him to come and they, we have a chat at the castle. Uh, and then there's a fun twist at the end of that story. I hope that I can... I can tell that, but obviously I also, uh, you know, it's pretty low hanging fruit. And I, if you ask this question to a lot of people, you probably get that answer. But I, I can't deny that I really, really want to have the possibility to tell them that we did a few things to save the planet. Um, if I knew what that would be, I would, you know, I wouldn't. I would be somewhere else right now. But I really hope that people from, from, from our generation, born in the 60s and 70s, that we also in the 80s and 90s nowadays, uh, can, can say to our grandchildren in front of the fireplace many years away that, that we did things to really help them out, to secure their future on this planet. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful about I'm hopeful. We have solved so many hard situations in civilizations before, so I think we'll manage this time too. But climate change is obviously on your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I just, you know what? I just, I just bought free uh, chickens. So I have hens in my garden 
And um, (laughs) I see them walk around there and they make me so peaceful and they have a great life. And I try to spoil them every day with uh, uh, corn and and, uh, other things that they love to eat. And uh, they eat out of my hand and I see them walking freely and they use their instincts all the time. You know, the first day I got them at sunset, the same three minutes uh, I have read on my phone that the sun would set that day. They just went into a line and then entered their, their new home that I bought for them that day. And it's amazing to see. And when you have animal and nature so close to yourself, I think uh, it's hard for you to want anything else than, than to see that go on forever and ever and ever. And maybe we should add here that you don't live on the countryside. You live no, just no, in, outside Stockholm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yet so, you have hens in yeah, your garden. Yeah, and, they, and you know, actually, the, the city of Stockholm are happy to letting people have that as long as you don't have a, uh, uh, a cock. Because a they, yeah, a rooster, because they scream too much. Uh, uh, but they seem to be very happy without the, the rooster. And uh, one of the hens has taken the position of the rooster. So she's the high hen of my uh, garden right now. Feminist foreign policy. Exactly. <laughs> so means still, even we have flat organizations, looks like we still need a one leader, female or male. I guess that's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a million, Matthias, for sharing your life story. And thank you for listening to the BBS pod. Until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.